New Year! Hello, everyone. Welcome to 2023 and the regular exclusive podcast. Renee, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I mean, kind of, obviously. We're recording this in 2022, but you know, tis the season. Tis the season. I'm ready for it. Bring it on, 2023. But not in a bad way, like in a nice way. I ended 2022 having just got COVID and you did too, so. Yeah, well, wow, spoiler alert. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, I told everyone last week at the ending, if anyone listens to those, so is that really a spoiler? No, but. (laughs) Old news, Jace. Yeah, so if, uh, yeah, if you hear coughing happening at all, uh, yeah, that's why. But uh, yeah, 2022, it's a pretty good year. Launched the podcast, had some fun. Great year for movies, I feel like. Great year. It's going to be hard to top it. It really is. But 2023 has some good stuff lined up. So before we get into the the wonderfulness of Glass Onion and Knives Out, just wanted to throw a couple movies that are already slated for this year to see which ones you personally are most excited for. So here's a quick list. We got... Megan, Cocaine Bear, Scream 6, which I already know is one of your picks for sure. Oh, yeah. John Wick, Chapter 4. Not it. (laughs) Super Mario Bros. movie, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Oppenheimer, Barbie, The Exorcist, which that one's being made by... David Gordon Green. Oh, yeah, it is. Yep. Is that a movie? He's Halloweening it. Oh, he's, cool. He's doing a sequel to the original. Interesting. And then uh, Dune Part 2 with our girl, Miss Flo. And Austin Butler, which I love him. Oh, yeah. And my boy, my number one, though, Timothy Chalamet. Which also, <laughs> he's going to have a big end of the year. Dune Part 2 and Wonka. Oh boy, I can't wait for that too. I'm excited. Could I just like list everything on here except for John Wick <laughs> and Oppenheimer? I've given up on Christopher Nolan. I'm sorry to say, Tenant really lost me. I'll tell you what. I'm actually kind of excited for Oppenheimer just to see if Christopher Nolan implements any sort of weird time thing to it. I don't care. Because so far, for, I saw I saw the trailer or the teaser or whatever. There's no time. Apparently, there is a clock. So I didn't watch the trailer. I just don't know if he can. I don't know if he can hold himself back. I will say the Barbie trailer made me 10 times more excited for that movie. That looks fucking great. (laughs) All right. So what's what's your three that you're most excited for? Well, obviously, you already said it, but Scream 6, that's my number one. I just fucking can't wait. I love the fifth one that they just did. And every movie in that series is just great. But my other two are actually not on this list. Is that okay? I just noticed that you don't even have them on here. Going off the book. All right. As all, I, am I not ever? I'm always going off the book. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, let me see. Are they horror movies? Uh, one of them. Yeah. I okay. don't know about the other one because I haven't read the book, but uh, one of them is Salem's Lot, the adaptation, and it is delayed. I think right now the delayed date now is April. So mm. hopefully we get it soon. I don't know what's going on, but from what I've heard, it looks awesome. And I love that book. It's one of my favorite Stephen King stories. So nice. Um, and then Knock at the Cabin is the new M. Night Shyamalan movie. 
and it's okay. based on the novel by Paul Tremblay. And I've never read it, but people have said it's awesome. It's got Dave Batista, and he looks creepy as fuck. And <laughs> these people show up at a family cabin and tell them that like one of them has to die or the world's gonna end. And it looks like really weird and intense. So sign me up. I didn't include that one on here. I, I know it's coming out this year, but I didn't include it just because like I'll watch pretty much any M. Night Shyamalan movie, but I don't know if I'm necessarily like hyped for it. Oh, I get hyped for all of his movies. I can't help it. Like I I really just there's something about his movies. I just really love them all, even though they're all very different and very <laughs> weird. And I've found rewatching them. I, I just like them a lot more. So. I yeah. even like the happening now. I don't know what's happened to me, but <laughs> it's, it's a it's a good movie. So, anyways, my those are my three. What are your three? Um, so I'm 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 excited for for all these movies, but the movies that I'm genuinely hyped for, um, going mostly non franchise. I'm so hyped for Megan. I mean, <laughs> James Wan, bring it on is gonna do a Chucky movie and it's going to be awesome. Like I'm, I'm excited for whatever surprises that will inevitably be in there because <laughs> I know it's coming, but I'm excited. He did malignant. It's the same people I'm in. Uh, then the other one might be ill placed, but like, I don't necessarily know if it's going to change my life kind of movie, but I am so excited for cocaine bear. There's so many X factors in that <laughs> movie that I'm just like, I'm here for it. I, I just oh, want yeah. it to be great. Of course. Uh, last one, I, th I think I'm going Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Really? Mainly because the first one was such a surprise. Like, yeah. I, I was not expecting an amazing movie, and I got one. And now I'm just like, I want to see how far you guys can take this. And because it's, because it's not the Sony live-action Spider-Man, it's animated Sony, I have a lot more faith in it. <laughs> that first one was really, really good. I, I'm also excited about Indian, a new Indiana Jones. I think he's way too old to be doing this. I don't know why. But also, I, I feel like the trailer looked like it was all CGI. So I guess I, that, that's how they're going to do it. But The Dial of Destiny, that, 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 I don't like that title. Yeah. It's, it's too much. It's weird. It, it is weird. I... I'm hoping that it's great. I hope it redeems the crystal oh, sure. skull. Yeah. I'm a little worried because it seems like there's time travel involved and usually time travel just ends up messy. But who knows? I hope I hope it's great. I hope it's a great send off. Yeah. For, for Indiana Jones. I mean, it's got to be a send off. He's not going to be. I mean, unless he's on the Liam Neeson path, which like I'm sure he's he's older than Liam Neeson. But Liam Neeson's going to be doing this, too. Dude, he, it, this is this is Disney. They're just going to do the Mark Hamill thing for Star Wars and just have a totally computer generated <laughs> deep fake for him. Like, yeah, he doesn't have I to mean, die. They did do that in like the trailer. There's a shot of like young Harrison Ford and it does look a lot better than like the young Mark Hamill ones. But it's still like weird. It's still they look like Megan. That's the problem. <laughs> All of the AI stuff, you just it's, it's still a little bit weird. You know, it, it's not quite there yet. But oh. one day that's what they'll be doing. I will say, though, Cocaine Bear, also very exciting. I have no idea what to expect, but I can say that I, I might have higher expectations for that one. I think it's going to be just I hope it's going to be just the most fun movie ever. I mean, Megan and Cocaine Bear, in my head, they just they have the similarity of just like, what is this movie? We're here to fuck shit up. You know, That's like... what the fucking vibe is with those two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and I'm here for it. Let's do it. I think that I think the big X factor for this whole year, though, with these movies, at least on this list, is Barbie. Yeah. Barbie could be just total dog shit, but Barbie also could be a total shockingly incredible movie. It's going to be a good movie because it's directed by Greta Gerwig and she's great. So I don't know if you've seen Lady Bird or oh, I love Lady Bird. She directed that and wrote it. And she did uh, Little Women, the newest adaptation, which is really good and amazing Florence Pugh and Timothy Chalamet. So, OK, I love Little Women. OK, sorry, Spider-Verse, you're out. I'm, I'm in on Barbie. I'm telling I'm, you, I'm, Greta I'm Gerwig's amazing. She's incredible. So, yeah, I think Barbie's going to be really good. And just that trailer alone, like recreating the thing, the fucking apes scene from <laughs> uh, fucking, what is it? Space Odyssey 2001. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. At least I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on that. But <laughs> yeah. and now listeners, don't get me wrong. I'm hyped for John Wick. OK, but I'm really glad you didn't pick it. I feel like that's great. I love John Wick, <laughs> but like. I know I have expectations for John Wick. I'm going in. There's going to be a bunch of people dying. It's going to be a great time. If I'm going to the movies, though, especially I have a lot of hype for something new, something different. Megan, Cocaine, Bear, and Barbie. Check all those boxes. Unless John Wick does something totally off the rails, which I would be here for. I mean, right? I feel like like Barbie, Cocaine, Bear, Megan, let's put our hands together. All three of those, either like a triple feature, that could be great. <laughs> I don't know where we start, but I, I feel like we're going to have to end on maybe Cocaine, Bear again. I don't know. <laughs> that one just seems like it's going to be amazing. I hope so. All right, well, let's take a little break, and then let's get into Glass Onion and a little bit of Knives Out. Welcome, gang. We got a great weekend. <laughs> Who's that? Benoit Blanc, the detective? Mr. Prom, I cannot overstate my gratitude to be here. When's the murder mystery start? Okay, Renee. As the the pre-definite podcasters of movies. Nice word choice. That's what I'm going for, you know. Um, this is our infraction point mm -hmm. to talk about glass onion and we have to talk about knives out. Yes. I mean, let's just get it just get the 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 fluff out of the way. Uh Glass Onion is fucking great. It's so good. I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> so if if all you came for is you hear if we like it or not, we just saved you like 40 minutes. So yeah, um, that's all we had to say. No. I think Knives Out and Glass Onion are just so different from each other. So I I love both of them in their own unique ways. But I love that Knives Out, the the family, the whole fi family dynamic is pretty incredible in that movie. Mm -hmm. And it's it's obviously very different from all the like influencers or like famous people that are like all in Glass Onion. So I but I do love both group dynamics. I think that they nail that, which is really important when you have a murder mystery because you got to like be interested or like care about any of the characters, even if they're all kind of like satirical <laughs> mm -hmm. you know yeah well and it's funny that you you say they're so different i i agree that they're different but i i think these are two movies that are just different sides of the same coin like there are so many parallels between totally. these movies that we will definitely get into but yeah, like there are a lot of differences it's just it i think it's just more that there's more like everybody all the personalities in Glass Onion are pretty much over the top personalities. Like, yeah, 
really extreme versus like in Knives Out. There's at least like one or two people like Jamie Lee Curtis, for example, that's like, okay, she's probably not insane, right? Yeah. Or like, like there's some more normal people that yeah. like are in the family versus like this one, like everybody's extra, which I love both of them. So, so extra. That was all really the only difference. But yes, I agree with you. They're, they're just different flavors of Benoit Blanc, who I'm obsessed <laughs> with. He's my favorite detective. Well, we do have to acknowledge the shared similarity between the two movies that both movies have super alt-right guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, one's a guy, one's a boy. <laughs> yeah. What's the, what's the great line from Knives Out? What were the overheard words by the Nazi child masturbating in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> so good. There's also just the great, like, that whole scene when they're talking about that and, like, what he heard in there and... They're just talking about like like the his cousin or whatever. She's like alt right troll, and he's like liberal snowflake. And Michael <laughs> Shannon's just like, I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> <laughs> he's also one of my favorites in this movie. Like, I think we should talk about maybe who is our favorite overall. But I do. I I have to say that Michael Shannon really. I I love him in everything, but this is one of my favorites. So you're talking about Knives Out. Knives Out. Yeah. Okay. So Michael Shannon is one of your favorites. One of I my mean, favorites, but probably number one, like best person that I think is like my favorite in the movie outside of obviously Benoit Blanc is fucking uh, Chris Evans. Okay. Yes. So this is the movie that reminded me how much I love Chris Evans outside of Captain America. Like evil Chris Evans. I love it when he's just playing an asshole. Like this is 2016. So like this is around when like Winter Soldier, like mid Captain America franchise stuff. So Knives like, Out he... came out in 2019. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So this was after um Yeah. Endgame. Yeah, right? after Endgame. Sorry, I'm I'm confusing this with another murder mystery movie that's not as good. But yeah, this was Chris Evans like reminder to the world that I'm more than Captain America. Right after I feel like he left Captain America, it was like this movie. And you're like, oh, shit. I'm excited to see what he does. I feel like Chris Evans would have done this movie for free at this point. Like, yeah. <laughs> just like, this well, is great. And it was just like Chris Evans as an <laughs> asshole is just the greatest gift ever. <laughs> I know. And he's like, eat shit, eat shit, eat shit, eat shit, eat shit and die. And then I just love, again, Michael Shannon's special shout out because you hear him in the background. He's like, I will not eat one iota of shit <laughs> he's so good in this movie oh man and then also like i mean obviously the whole cast is incredible don johnson though also just total dumbass and i love him as he's jamie lee curtis's uh husband and yeah. chris evans dad yeah he's really funny and just playing with kind of idiot like to talk shit about the family to the detectives unwillingly and yeah who's obviously lying about shit everyone's just really great but i think Overall, the dynamic between Anna Diarmas and Daniel Craig, they're just incredible together in that movie. I really love their back and forth and like their chemistry, I think is really good. Yeah, they are. And, you know, before we totally go off uh, off trail of Chris Evans, I just wanted to shout out a couple other great lines of his. Um, when he meets Benoit Blanc for the first time, he's like, what are you, KFC meets CSI? Yeah. <laughs> and then... But he talks to the 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 daughter and he's like, "How's that S- SJW degree going?" <laughs> like he he the delivery of those is just so flawless. I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you've been wanting to be this guy for so long. You've been Captain America for too long." And he's just <laughs> this is 
he's so good and he's he's so good in the movie of you know spoilers making you think that he's he's actually like the good one yeah like because he, he is captain america so you still kind of believe it like he's the black sheep of the family and you know anyone who feels kind of like the black sheep like you're kind of drawn to him and he's so good especially when the family starts like getting corrupted and like bullying and stuff he's the one who's not but it's because he's the bad guy i know and it is kind of obvious like from the beginning you're like oh yeah it should be obvious that it's him but it's funny because like i didn't think about it the entire time because what's great about knives out and glass onion and i didn't know that he could do it again and the fact that he did is incredible but like ryan johnson literally made a fucking murder mystery where it's like I was so confused because Knives Out like what 20 15 20 minutes in it's like you you feel like you have learned everything yeah like you see Anna Diarmas's character so you know that she thinks that like she accidentally drugged him and then this whole charade or charade with with uh changing and you know sneaking out and all this shit and so then later to be like oh my god it's so much more complex than that it's just incredible it's so oh, yeah. good it's such a great twist because I think I just didn't suspect him because I assumed that we had seen everything. I don't know why, because I was a dumbass. But it's just like he makes you feel comfortable with like, and then it is like, oh, yeah, obviously it should be this guy. Of course, I should have known all along all the clues point to him. But he really does. He has a good job of throwing you off of like the person who should be the most obvious suspect. But I guess I'm just always going back to Dwight from the office. And I'm like, who do I most medium suspect? That's who it is. (laughs) It's never the most or the least, right? So I'm always looking for that. And then I Ryan Johnson still fucking gets me because he's he pays homage to like classic murder mystery stuff, but then does it in a whole new way. Yeah, so this actually leads really well. So I was looking at Knives Out and when it was made and the other movies that were around it. And like, there's a lot of whodunit mysteries out there, but like there's not a... a you know, there's there's the whodunit kind of like Gone Girl, like that's a like thriller mystery, thriller kind of thing. There's a very like specific kind of niche that this falls in of like detective, like Clue kind of yes murder mystery Clue. movie. But more recently, like Murder on the Orient Express, the Agatha Christie stories. That's the parallel. And so Murder on the Orient Express came out in 2017. Mm hmm. That's why I was confusing Chris Evans with with that. And this and then Knives Out came out in 2019. And their like box office IMDB is almost exactly the same. For me at least, the difference is that I was excited to see Glass Onion. When I heard Death on the Nile was coming, I was like, yeah, that'll be fun to watch someday, years from now, that I will be, you know, bored and watching. Murder on the Orient Express sucked. I'm sorry. I have to say it. I can't believe you think that. I don't think it's bad, especially if you've seen now. I'm assuming you've seen Death on the Nile. On the Nile. That one's terrible. No. no. I told oh, you. God. You I should told watch you, it, though. I told you. Years from now. Okay? I'm not going to watch it the same year. It's just fascinating because it also, like, in addition to it not being a good sequel, it also had the nightmare of, like, being pushed back a few times because of COVID slash Number one reason was because fucking Army Hammer turned out to be a cannibal. 
Army Hammer was the most interesting thing about that movie. Oh, no, I didn't really care for it. I mean, I was like, eh, whatever. I didn't care about him that much beforehand, but it's kind of yeah. like a it's kind of like a don't worry, darling situation. Yes. The Army Hammer drama. I'm like, oh, maybe I need to see this movie and them kind of cutting him out of the previews and all this stuff. But yeah, didn't work. Still haven't seen it's it. It's all on a green screen and it's like glaringly obvious. And it also it's just not as much fun. I still love Kenneth Branagh and I love his Hercule Poirot Poirot. Poirot, I can never fucking say it. I don't have an accent, but I don't even. I don't even have to to mock you. You're just mocking yourself. Hercule Poirot. <laughs> I don't can't do it. I can't do it. Poirot, whatever it is. But anyways, I think he's like he's the best part of those movies for sure. The cast is good, but then that's only the first one. I think the cast is all really good in that movie. I don't think the cast in the second movie is good at all. Like I love Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, but I don't think she's a very good actor. I just yeah. I don't think she's a very good actress. I I like her. I love her as Wonder Woman. Yeah, she's I really perfect. I really liked her in Fast and the Furious. I mean again, yeah, but demanding anything else out of her seems like a lot. <laughs> her being the face of this movie did not overcome how much I hated the first one. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to see this. It is pretty funny in parts to like, wow. And like, this is just so bad. And Army Hammer is like, but that's the thing is like, it came out and I was just like, well, obviously this guy's the bad guy, right? Like, I'm not going to trust this fuck. And then I was right. So don't need to watch it. Wait, the cannibal is the bad guy? Yeah, of course he is. (laughs) Of course he is. I can't believe they didn't reshoot it. (laughs) Believe me. I mean, I knew the original story that both of these were based on. So like I knew, but like, I I guess I I hadn't really like thought about Death on the Nile's plot in a long time. I forgot it. So (laughs) I watched it. I was like, yeah, no shit. (laughs) Of course he was a liar. Look at him. He's a fucking cannibal, dude. (laughs) Can't trust those fucks. I like Kenneth Branagh. I haven't seen a ton of his stuff, but like I loved the first Thor. I thought he I was he's a, a great actor and director. I think he's a great director. I mean, I don't know about actor. I I think I think Daniel Craig is ruining that kind of detective character 100%. in my head. Well, but also because Benoit Blanc is like the best because he's not. He's also like not just like there's black and white and right and wrong, and also he's not a dick to anybody or doesn't see himself as like this perfect person like who's higher than everybody else which I feel like his character in Murder on the Orient Express kind of does. Great mustache. He has a wonderful mustache, I will say. And the production design on the first one is really great. I love the whole train setting. I think it's a good twist, too. Yeah. The first one's really not that bad. The second one, not good. I'll, I'll give you that. But, but the Knives Out just makes those pale in comparison, and then especially Glass Onion. But it's just funny that both of those take place in a tropical setting, mm-hmm. with Death on the Nile obviously being... And I was just like, oh, shit, like, is it like inspired by it? Then I was like, oh, no, it's just like 10 times better. <laughs> so I as I was watching Glass Onion and like I was I mean, in the first half, I'm like, this is this is great. And then the second half, I'm like, this is really great. It's like two different movies almost, which is kind of like Knives Out. It, Ryan Johnson has a real thing for doing a total plot twist at halfway through, mm-hmm. you know, He's all about like I'm in this new I'm in this genre that people have probably gotten used to and there's certain tropes and shit. Yeah. And he'll like play with those. But then he's like, I'm gonna throw all of them out the window though at a certain point. And then everything's gonna be different. And you're just yeah. like, what? Like he did that with the fucking last Jedi. I mean, literally, that's why all the guys are mad. It's like 
he was like, oh, all those things he loved. Like, they literally burned all the Jedi texts in that movie. Because he's like, fuck it. We're burnt. He's like the Joker. He like, yeah. burn everything down and we start something fresh and new. And I love it. I think he brings a much needed original, like, I mean, I'm just excited watching his movies because I have no idea what's going to happen. 100%. And so, like, Ryan Johnson, he's a young director. How old is he? I, I don't know, but, like, he doesn't have a giant filmography. Well, you like, call us old, so I'm just wondering. Well, he's he's old compared to Quentin Tarantino. I mean, he's got nine movies, so I guess that's not a good comparison. But He's old compared to him? Yeah, Tarantino's very old. But anyways, Ryan Johnson is one of those directors. There's a, a couple of them that I have in my head that they don't have any misses. And I'm including Last Jedi. Last Jedi is I agree. It's not, it's not a it's not an incredible movie, but by Star Wars standards, it's by far the most interesting. Oh, it's definitely the best Star Wars movie that we've had since the original movies. Uh, I think Rogue One is is probably the no, best still. No, Last Jedi is ten times better. Uh, anyways, eh. it's it, it's the most interesting, which is saying a lot. Okay, calm down. You need to rewatch Star Wars. Clearly, you don't like them. Well, I'm saying I love the <laughs> original three. The prequels are fine. I fucking love the prequels. Get out of here. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> to not to not deviate this into a totally Star Just, Wars podcast. That's what I'm fucking here for. Okay, I just got to defend all those Star Wars kids out there. It's gonna come 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 for you. I'm just saying uh, they're not that bad. So, Anyways, Ryan Johnson. In his movie resume, does not have a miss. Like he did the two, he did these two movies. He also did Looper, which I told you is a banger. I still need to watch that, but I believe you. It's a banger. It's so good. Uh, he's done. A, he's done two other movies that I have not seen, but I would watch them just because it's him. What it's movies? The, the Brothers Bloom and Brick. These are like early two thousands. Hmm. 2005 2008 so like looper was his first like mainstream movie from what it looks like but um he doesn't have any misses and that made me think of other directors there's only two that come to mind for me so i want to mm -hmm. ask you if, if there's any others like young directors not age young in their directorial okay um ryan coogler like mm. black panther fruitville station i haven't seen any of those. creed I haven't seen any of that. Oh, oh I've there's... seen Black Panther, I guess, but I just didn't love that movie. Black Panther is a good movie. It's but it's the weakest of his movies. It's a yeah. Fruit, Fruitvale Station is the first movie he did with Michael B. Jordan. Then he did Creed. Creed is the best spinoff requel movie franchise ever. Especially this is coming from a guy who grew up on Rocky. Like Creed is awesome. It's so good. Ryan Coogler is the man. Uh, and then the other one is Matt Reeves. Yeah, I'll give you Matt Reeves. The Batman. I've I've been watching through the the Planet of the Apes. They bang. I know. I just watched those this past year because I love the Batman so much as well, and they are like, great. And I love Cloverfield too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cloverfield is great. So like those three guys are like in my head of like these young guys. I'm just like I cannot wait for any movie that they make. Wow. Okay. Well, here's I'm gonna throw Ari Aster at you. Because obviously he, he is pretty. Yeah, actually, yeah, he's pretty. Yeah, he's he's only technically done two feature length movies. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Only two. Yeah, like feature length, full like, 
And I would also say Robert Eggers as well. Two bangers. Back to back, same. I feel like those movies also yeah, come Eggers, out the same years. Egg, Eggers is up there, yeah. Yeah. Although I don't know if you've seen it. Also, he's done three now, and I think The Northman was just fucking incredible. The Northman is the no. I've only seen The Lighthouse, which I loved. Yeah. So I need to see the other ones. You need to see The Witch, and you need to see The Northman. He has the in every movie so far. But yeah, him and him like Ari Aster, Robert Eggers, those two guys, and then also Jordan Peele. I would say. Oh, okay. Yes. I He's see. the king for me, I think, right now as a director that's just like anything that he has his paws in, I'm fucking <laughs> his monkey paws in. I'm there for it. We're really living in a great time of young directors. I mean, and it's because a lot of them can come up through horror and do something fucking crazy because that's what we want as horror freaks. Well, and the other and the three that I mentioned are great because they're not horror people, but they are doing their thing in the non-horror genre so like yeah good for them they should somebody's got to this is <laughs> it's great that there's not one avenue you and i both love horror but it's it's good to have have it across the board my sister got me a horror movie watching blanket that has all the like top killers on it and <laughs> i'm super pumped about it i'm like she gets me <laughs> oh my god you know i love i love my horror but yeah i would say like out of all of them though ryan johnson has his shit together in a way that's just incredible that he is able to keep surprising us after all these movies mm-hmm. <laughs> especially with two murder mysteries in a row which is really hard to do well and especially ryan johnson has the most interesting resume of the three like he's mm-hmm. not limited to he's not kind of like put into a a, a genre per yeah, se he can do whatever he wants like he did a time travel movie he did a star wars movie and then he's done two murder mysteries. And I cannot wait for the the murder mystery show that he's doing with Natasha Leone. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Oh, yeah. That's that's why she has a cameo in, in Glass Onion. I mean, who doesn't, though? We should also talk about that. But we'll get to Glass Onion. I will say just maybe as our last thing to connect between Knives Out and Glass Onion in both of these movies. I don't know if you know who No Sagan is, but he's the... He plays Trooper Wagner in Knives Out. And then okay. he plays like the Daryl guy who's like staying at the, the fucking compound on the island he's, with Edward Norton. It's the same actor. He's Daryl? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and he's friends with Ryan Johnson in real life. And he's like been in a bunch of his movies as just like little fun cameos. I love him as Trooper Wagner. Honestly, I really did. I think he's hilarious in Knives Out. Just the few scenes he's in, he always makes yeah. me laugh. I'm obsessed with him now in Glass Onion because Daryl, I'm like, that's the guy I want to be partying with. He's like, fucking A. Like, he's just <laughs> so funny. But my whole thing is that I like to think now, I don't know, that Trooper Wagner, like the pandemic hit him really hard. And that like he, because I don't think we ever learned his first name in Knives Out. He's just Trooper Wagner. Trooper Wagner. So it could be fucking Daryl and then like this is what has happened to him in the pandemic. Like hit him hard. Like either something really good or something really bad happened to him. <laughs> That's all I know for him to have made this big of a change. Maybe he's just like living his best life because that's what it kind of sounds like but 
maybe he's also at rock bottom. I don't know, but I'm a, I love it. I like to think they're the same character. Oh my god, I would love it if in the third Knives Out we learn that it is the same guy and he's the murderer. We see the story <laughs> of how he got from from A to B. I was watching him the whole movie. Every time he popped up, I was like, "Is he the killer? Is it him?" And that's why I think because they make a joke about it too in Knives Out when he's like. There was one person who acted with malicious intent. And then it's like Trooper Wagner. And she's like, Trooper Wagner? And he's like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. Wouldn't it be great if it was Trooper Wagner eventually? That's uh, I'm just pitching my ideas for Knives Out 3 to Ryan Johnson right now. Hit me up. Now knowing that that is the same guy. Yeah. That reminds me so much of... Uh, of Scott Derrickson in Sinister and the Black Phone. He's got that guy who plays Officer yep. Nobody or James Ransone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Deputy so and so. That's right. All right. I gotta I gotta shout out one little thing uh before we, we move on to Glass Onion. Um Chris Evans sweater in knives out looks like it's made of clouds. It's amazing. It is the fluffiest, <laughs> most comfortable looking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> really good sweater. <laughs> and I love it. It's 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 a character within itself. Just like how I also love how Anna Diarmas's character throws up when she lies. Such a funny little quirk, and I just love it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a good little bit that on the surface sounds it seems like it would be totally stupid, but it works. It's great. He's great at that. Little hilarious gags that actually have to do with the plot. It's yeah. just great. But yeah, so I think a good full transition to like Knives Out, or sorry, uh, Glass Onion. This is the first role I've ever loved Daniel Craig in. Really? I Daniel Craig, I, I've liked him. I've never hated him before. Like mm -hmm. people love him as as James Bond and... Sorry, He's good I'm as a, James Bond. I'm a Pierce Brosnan man. It's a, it's it's a flaw <laughs> of mine, and I own it. But yeah. uh, this is the first role. I'm like, I fucking love. I'm all in on Daniel Craig now. Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc is the best. I I will admit I have not seen Logan Lucky. I've heard he's amazing in that as well. I've but... seen that either. But I always I always associate him before, but like before he played Benoit Blanc. Because now this is what I associate with him. And I hadn't really watched all the James Bond movies. I think I had seen Casino Royale. And then I just rewatched them. And they're fine. Whatever. But I think he's actually like really, really good in A Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Mm -hmm. A David Fincher movie. And I just I love him in that movie. And I love him and Rooney Mara in that movie. I just think he's great. I've always thought he's a really talented actor. And he was just like he needed the right role. Yes. And James Bond was great, but it's like you can only do so much, I feel. And this was like him just hamming it up. Glass Onion especially. He's really hamming it up and he's just having the most fun. And he is like, I love him. I would watch a hundred more movies with Benoit Blanc. Yeah. Like having fun is the perfect thing like sarah said that he looks like he's having a blast playing this role and i'm like that's why i'm that's why i love him so much in these movies like it reminds me of like john cena in peacemaker like yeah he is just having the best time of his mm -hmm. life and it's actually still a good movie so that's like the that's exactly what you want i want yeah. the actors having fucking a great time because when benoit is enjoying himself i know i am 
personally everything about him i love his whole like the southern charm and like his little yeah. accent i personally i think his accent's amazing it's it's just so good and i've i've loved i loved him in knives out i didn't think i could love him anymore but i do i love him even more in glass onion God, that just felt so good, so, so solid, so, so satisfying, you know, you know, like one of those mini crosswords, the times has, or, you know, I have a chef friend, and she, she speaks of trying to create the perfect vibe, and that, that, that just felt like the most satisfying bite size. It, it really is amazing, because, like, his character's borderline cartoonish. Like his character is so mm-hmm. different than anything else in the movie. Like they kind of position him as like this, you know, person in the wrong time period kind of thing. And even Chris Evans is like, you know, Foghorn Leghorn looking yeah, motherfucker. Like, the Foghorn Leghorn drawl. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's so dramatic, but it's so it just works perfectly because what's great about Benoit Blanc, and I think just one of the reasons that these movies are so good is that like on the surface, he seems very like silly and Mm -hmm. like also in both knives out and glass onion for the first half of the movie, you're like, wow, he's a terrible detective. Mm -hmm. Even though he does a lot of things that seem like he's a great detective. You're also like, come on, how did he not figure this out? And then you realize like in both of these movies, you're like, of course he was playing us. He was on, he was on top of it. Cause he, He's great at putting on that Southern charm and seem it like really throwing everybody off. And it works as the audience member because I know how smart he is because I saw knives out. But again, he surprised me in this yeah. because he's also just a joy to watch and you just kind of get sucked up into it, you know? Well, it's, it's, it's such a great role for Daniel Craig because prior to this, he has always played such serious characters. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like he just looks like he's having a blast. Like he's he has so that, fun. he has that, this movie made me, it's like, oh, he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. And he just has always been James Bond. You know, like, this movie's like, oh, he has so much range that he can that he can work with. And it, it was a lot of fun. The Glass Onion was really great because it showed a side of, of Blanc in just, like, a brief period of, like, where he's not the, the world's greatest detective. Like, it showed the whole lockdown situation he's sitting in yeah. the bathtub and it has like him playing among us with all like this whole cameo of like kareem abdul jabbar and natasha leone yeah like yeah all those it's people. crazy <laughs> that's like a like i'm pretty sure angela lansbury and steven sondheim steven sondheim they both passed away mm-hmm. so this is their last film appearance is playing among us with daniel craig in glass onion and i have to say i think it's wonderful as themselves <laughs> so yeah it's wonderful but it's so good and i love the fact that like him not being good at among us is not just a funny joke it's like integral to the plot later on and that's what's so funny is that like these little tiny things that might seem like little jokes they're hilarious but then they also wrap around into the plot in both movies it's crazy i don't know how he does it (laughs) totally and the fact that yeah like in the in knives out he is almost like this mythological character like i love the opening bit of 
the other detective asking questions and then him just hitting the piano key yep. it's like building up this who is this guy he's asking like the same question every time he hits the piano he's like when did you guys all arrive around the same time and it's yeah. like and then like finally yeah the family members are just like who is this guy like who the fuck is that <laughs> and yeah he is like not the focal point it's more anna diarmas's character that you start with and that you're with throughout the movie versus Glass Onion, you start with Blanc, and it feels like more of a Blanc movie at first. And it, it's it's a brilliant move by Ryan Johnson in Knives Out that, like, Benoit Blanc is such a big character. The moment you introduce him, you can't pull him back. Mm-hmm. So, like, they kind of built out his intro. And then the moment he's like, I'm just going to I'm going to step in for a second and then I'll recede. Mm-hmm. He never recedes. He it's, never recedes. Yeah. Always going. And yeah, in Glass <laughs> Onion, he is just full bore. And um like he has great lines in Knives Out that I love in the way that he delivers them when he's like like I know we already talked about the Nazi child masturbating in the bathroom, but I also love when he says like I just don't understand compels me though. And like the way that he says that and just his accent in this movie is just used to perfection. It's like Ryan Johnson knew how much we loved hearing him say things. And he just really put him like the perfect phrases, you know, like when he's like, that doesn't that clashes with your breezy island style. (laughs) It's just like, I love this. I, I can't do a good impression, but his accent is just perfect every time he, he speaks i smile it's like can we get just a a, a benoit blanc narration of any audiobook anything like, i would love it get oh my god get a fucking novelized version of these movies and then have him read it whatever it is but i do love that he is like more of a character in this movie that's probably why i'm like okay wow i love him even even more because i mean he's the only character we know from the original but also it's more of a, I guess I was not exactly sure of the plot of this movie going into it. I knew the the other one starts with a murder. So I thought I was like going into this one going, okay, so who like obviously Edward Norton's going to die. That's mm. kind of like what I was thinking just from the trailers. And he's also throwing a fucking murder mystery party, right? Yeah. So I feel like it, it really did a good job of like, that's what you assume. And then it really goes in a bunch of different directions. I, I didn't think he could do it again, but he topped it. It's insane. Speaking of different directions, um, I'm sorry, but I just have this thought in my head of Benoit Blanc narrating Lord of the Rings. It's like, then Frodo th- cast the ring into the fires of Mount Mordor. <laughs> I would fucking love it. I, Give I would that listen guy... to it all day. I would listen to him just like read anything, like the shittiest book I would listen to him read. He's fucking amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so the... Yeah, Benoit is like, he is the focal point of this movie, which it's great. Ryan Johnson was really aware of like what was going on and like people loved him from this first movie. It almost seemed like he did this first movie as like a flyer, like Daniel Craig, we're going to have you play this outrageous character and it's either going to be great or it's going to be okay. Like it's not going to suck. Like it's going to be great or it's going to be okay. It was great. It was perfect. So it's like, you're going to just be all over this movie. You're never not in it. And yeah, like this movie does amazing job of making you understand like what the actual mystery is. The first movie does it really good too. Like the first mystery is like who killed Christopher Plummer. 
Yeah, Harlan Throm, Harlan Thromby, which I also I feel like that movie is weird because it makes you think that the mystery is already solved 15 mm-hmm. minutes into it because you you see Anna Diarmas's side and like he says the donut hole inside of a donuts a donut another donut yeah. hole and it's like literally because this like it seems at first glance to fill in the blanks but then later you get a big twist and I just I was like that was incredible because I thought I was like, this is a weird murder mystery because I know what happened to it. Yeah. But you have to know like now going into glass onion and you're like, okay, so I know that. And he still pulled the rug out from under me. I, totally. I don't know how he does it. Well, yeah. And the, the, the main mystery of, of knives out is who hired him to, mm-hmm. to, to look at this the anonymous invitation. And then they kind of play the same thing in glass onion Mm-hmm. At first, but, yeah. But then they pull it out, and I mean, this movie is 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 great for so many reasons. It's so much fun. Like, I mean, on the topic of you know pulling out the rug, they play the whole thing of like who hired the murder the the best detective in the world to to check this out. I love that they didn't do that again. Mm-hmm. They let you think it was. And then halfway through, they do the Gone Girl flashback. Yep. Plot Second twist. half of the movie from another character's perspective, which was totally like, oh, shit. Because I will say, like, I so I didn't know anything about the plot of this movie before watching it on Netflix because I wasn't able to see it in theaters. But I all I had heard from people was how amazing Janelle Monet was in this movie. So good. And how incredible, like, her performance was. But the first half of the movie, I was like, She's just playing a cold bitch. Like, I (laughs) shit. I was like, is this really like I was very confused, honestly, because I was like, she's good, but she's not doing much. Like, she got angry in those two scenes, but like, I wasn't sure what I was feeling about her. And then there's the whole twist, right? Mm. Which, you know, she's a twin and her sister was already dead before the movie. So the movie already started with a murder. We just didn't know. Yeah, it's just a great twist. I love the twin sister thing because that's like something from a murder mystery. It's just very, very fits with the theme. But also the fact that like I just had no idea what to expect. And now it's like I have to watch this movie 100 times in order to find everything because watching it again, you're like, wow, look at all those little things that I didn't notice before because you're like, oh, shit, that's not really her. It's just incredible. (laughs) It it really is. And yeah, like the thing that both of these movies do and like these movies are very similar. Like it's very obvious that these were made by the same person. These movies do a a similar thing in that they keep tricking you on what the actual mystery is. You know, like the whole movie, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, it's who killed this person. Oh no, it's not who killed this person who did this thing or who killed like they keep hooking you in. And it's really interesting because like a lot of the time, like a lot of movies, it kind of builds to like, it's building to what's the reveal at the end, of the entire movie. This it's like, here's the reveal. It's not really the reveal, but like, here's a slight reveal, but we're going to totally change what we're actually trying to do here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then it's like, and then it's like, of course, I knew Blanc wouldn't be that silly and like, 
not notice and like be so swept up in this little fake mystery like murder thing you know he's like of course he's he's already been investigating everyone he just solved the, the like fucking murder mystery party thing because that was incidental he was already investigating everyone and like looking into shit you know so of course he was like i love that he just solves that in 30 seconds so that's not even a plot i thought that was gonna be the whole movie <laughs> the dinner scene is maybe my favorite scene of the entire movie because just like it's 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 Benoit Blanc just solving the entire movie. Yeah. Halfway through. Mm-hmm. But then my other favorite part is I'm so glad they cast Edward Norton to be yes. the, the, the rich guy. Because he's so good. His, his acting, his reactions to this guy solving this entire mystery <laughs> was just like the best. It's like it's non-vocal, just him just he it was so clear that he was just so mad at yeah. this thing what the hell that was not the simplest thing to set up so it's it's fine it doesn't matter it just i hired jillian flynn to write the whole thing oh she's quite good she's goddamn expensive is what she is I, what, what am i supposed to do now play yahtzee all weekend and Edward Norton is so good in this movie. And obviously he's like an amalgamation of like every tech billionaire that we've ever yeah. seen, you know, like Elon Musk and fucking Mark Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos, all <laughs> of them, Steve Jobs, even there's a scene where he's literally dressed identical to him. But you know who he reminds me of the most? And I think I'm going to blow your fucking mind when I tell you this. Okay. Hit me. Justin Timberlake in the social network when he plays the oh, guy yeah. who's fucking the founder of Napster. He's like, you know what's cool? A billion dollars. And I swear to God, Edward Norton watched that movie on repeat because the shit that he says in that movie is so similar where it sounds like it could be smart, but he also is like a total dick. And you're just like seeing <laughs> through a lot of his shit. And you're like, that's not that. Like, you know what I mean? It's just there's something off about it, but it's the same performance almost. Private behavior is a relic of a time gone by. And if somehow, someway, you've managed to live your life like the Dalai Lama, they'll make shit up because they don't want you. They want your idea. And they want you to say thank you while you, excuse me, wipe your chin and walk away. That is 100% accurate. Because, yeah. like, a lot of the billionaire people, like, they're all socially awkward and weird. and They play up that angle a lot more versus, like, the, like, party social guy, whatever, who's, like, the swindler, right? Yeah. Part of the business where he's not necessarily the smartest one, but he's ever he's able to swindle everyone to thinking he's the smart one. That is that that's a great spot. I I I didn't I not think of it. You're hundred percent right. It was just that that especially that scene when he takes him out to lunch and says, like, you know what's cool? A billion dollars. And I was just <laughs> like, God, that's fucking him. He's playing Justin Timberlake. It's like that whole point with the infraction point and like that whole speech about disruptors and all that. I thought he was definitely like unbelievable. I love the cast in this movie, just like I love the one, the last one, but I think I like the knives out cast a little bit better. I do think everyone's really good in this movie, but I just don't think they're all used to their full potential. Like knives out. I just think you get really great shit with everybody. I will, I will say Kate Hudson though is unbelievable in this movie. I was going to say, if if Knives Out is all about Benoit Blanc and and Ransom, mm-hmm. Daniel Craig and Chris Evans, if they and are Anna like, Armas. I, I think Anna Armas is good. I don't I, Yeah. To me personally, I don't think she stands out as like incredible. Oh, okay. To me, when I watch Knives Out, it's Daniel Craig and Chris Evans. 
in this, I think Daniel Craig and Kate Hudson and Edward Norton. Kate Hudson is incredible in this movie. She's so funny. She's so funny. Her character is so over the top, but like it's <laughs> so good. But it's it's so great. Like it's not a problem in my head. Then there was the whole thing with the Halloween costume. It was a tribute to Beyonce, but people did not take it that way. The whole thing, and it also comes out with something really poignant out of it, which I love, but, like, her whole thing of, like, when they're like, please don't tell me that you thought that sweatshops <laughs> are where they made sweatpants. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God, you're so dumb. But then it's, like, that whole thing that, you know, fucking Edward Norton's all, like, you know, she just speaks what she, what everyone's thinking. She just says whatever she wants and people can't handle it. And then, like, you get the best line ever when Benoit Blanc is like, It's a dangerous thing to mistake speaking without thought for speaking the truth. That was really incredible. Like out of that hilarious joke. Again, something really poignant came out of it. I almost got that tattooed on my neck. And then I was like, but I should think about this. <laughs> yeah, because is that too much? Maybe it is. That was what he was saying, I guess. Yeah. But it's so good. It's such a good like point. And that's what's so great about this whole movie is that he's just he's really doing a whole thing about how rich people are just shitheads, basically. <laughs> Both of these movies. They like to call themselves the disruptors. But I knew who they were and I told her who they were. Shitheads. So this this movie made me think about Okay, we have Knives Out. So part one is family wealth. Part two is, I don't know what the right like term is, but it's... Golden titties. <laughs> golden titty wealth. You know, non-family non wealth. I'm like, what is part three? I was like, is Ryan John... Like, can he do, can he do this kind of story with like a middle class kind of grouping? Mm. I don't know. But I really enjoyed watching Knives Out and Glass Onion together because their stories are so different but there's a lot of like like common threads like through lines with this so like I wrote down like so if we look at like who the main characters are from like a wealth standpoint we have Miles who's Edward Norton in, in Glass Onions and then we have Harlan who's Chris Christopher Plummer in Amazing. Knives Out so good and so the big difference is that Christopher Plummer, he is sharing his wealth out of a sense of like family obligation. But eventually he realizes that the harm he's done to his family because of this, but he's doing it with the best intention. And then in Knives Out, he tries to resolve his error. By cutting everyone out of the will. Everyone coming out. And then really... Really, the the timing of his death is the is the most unfortunate part. Like it's a harsh reaction, but like his death really just makes it a whole lot worse. Whereas Glass Onion is kind of the opposite. Like mm -hmm. Miles is essentially he's he's a magician looking nobody. Like in the flashback, like with the hair and the podium. He's Tom Cruise in Magnolia. That's what he is. It's literally the exact same fucking outfit. It's hilarious. It's horrible. I hate seeing him with that outfit. It's almost as bad as Dave Batista with hair. Oh, yeah. Dave Batista with hair is, is really weird. unfortunate. It's weird, especially as someone who grew up watching wrestling and he's never yeah. had hair. No, it was upsetting. But yeah, so Miles, like he gets wealthy with Andy starting Alpha, which. Side note, um, 
I paused the movie. Alpha is a total like crypto blockchain kind of company. I have no idea. I did not read the napkin, but I thought like, <laughs> do these companies really start on a napkin? I mean, it was a pretty convenient thing to like, she writes out the wireframe of the entire like app or whatever yeah. it is. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, that all went over my head, but I that figured rem- it was like a tech company, like one of these fuckers. It reminded that they're me of, imitating. Yeah, like it reminded me of like um there's not like a literal scene in like the social network, but like people like not taking notes and then they grab a piece of paper and they just jot down whatever, you know. Yeah, like, exactly. But like he starts this business with Andy and they make a lot of money and then Miles funds all of these people's endeavors. He did that beforehand. But well, before he had money, he like the small he, like, time hooked thing. him up with the little yeah. things. Yeah. So they like eventually went on to their side because th- this is my real question is like, would any of these people hang out in real life? And the real answer is no, because there's no way that Kate Hudson as like a former model. I don't care if she's like dressed as Beyonce and now nobody talks to her, but like she still would not be hanging out with these fucks at this bar. And maybe she's a dumbass, but I also just thought, I guess it, it only makes sense because Andy's the one that brought them all together yeah. and she's the the one that I get that I'm like, yeah. okay, everyone would be attracted to her like at first, right? Like as a friend. Yeah, like they were washed. She's the like, catalyst. They say <laughs> that they were washed up in their 30s mm-hmm. and then Andy brought them together and then Miles came and Miles was able to do the small things to get them going again. Then they start this company and then Miles just started funding because they bring everybody along yeah yeah everything because andy died literally a week before all this stuff so like all this stuff that they are corrupted by the entire movie has already happened so it happened while they were all while they were still together and and when they started the company but like whereas christopher Plummer is trying to remedy or resolve the mistakes that he made Miles is doing the opposite. Miles is further, he's furthering his grip on people and controlling them. Mm-hmm. And that was the interesting kind of like parallel in my mind of like who these main characters are as like the wealth protagonist. And I just assumed that Edward Norton would also be the one to die because he was being set up that way. And with everything he was doing, it seemed like a very similar, like the opposite, obviously, but similar through line with Christopher Plummer. So the fact that I was just waiting for him to die for like a long time. Like I yeah. didn't know when it was going to happen. And then when it didn't happen, I was very shocked that it was Dave Batista that died. I was yeah. really shocked by that. I Yeah, I was too. I was, I didn't notice him switch the glasses. Yeah. I was wondering if, if Edward Norton was going to die. I mean, the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like Edward Norton of all these people, outside of kate hudson is the biggest name i'm like are they gonna kill him off and it's and it's a great example of ryan johnson kind of playing with expectations of like in the first movie the murder happens and then it's a matter of who did it it's more of a whodunit traditional the first half of this movie is is oh we are playing with a a who did it but then halfway through the movie it switches to who the real murder victim is and who did it. Like you say, Oh, it's Dave Batista. Nope. It's not. It's actually, it's actually Cassandra uh, Blanc or, or brand brand. Yeah. Yeah. Andy. 
And that's the cool part is that like, yeah, and his death is really like he did a good job with that scene because I was like, this is really like intense. That whole scene was very stressful because he also like Edward Norton's character, Miles, has the fucking Mona Lisa in his living room. And the like glass on that is so sensitive. And like Dave Bautista's phone keeps going mm-hmm. off. And whenever people like yell or like make a loud noise, it like shuts. So there's like those shots of it. And you just keep hearing it like the glass like sh- slamming shut. And it's just like really stressful. And I was like, <laughs> somebody's going to die. Like, I don't know what's happening, but I know that someone's going to die. Like, that's all I knew. And I was just, I thought that Miles was going to do it right when they were like drinking drinks or whatever. And then also he's also like pointing at Birdie and she's like, look at me, look at my dress, which also was really pretty. But <laughs> I was just as distracted as the rest of them. So I, it came at me at a huge surprise and I loved it. This movie is incredible in how much it time jumps without confusing, at least confusing me. It jumps around so much more than Knives Out. Like, mm-hmm. Halfway through, you go. You essentially go back to the beginning. But you only know because of the bath. You're not in the bath again, are you? And then you get the wonderful Hugh Grant cameo. Hugh Grant. I love him, and I'm I'm obsessed with the idea of him and Daniel Craig being together. So I was I was going to ask you, did did you piece that together that they were that they were partners? Yes. The first time I watched it, it totally went over my head. I I don't know what it was, but I was reading the situation as you think Benoit Blanc the most successful detective in the world as a roommate well that's <laughs> kind of what I was thinking because they were they were kind of positioning Benoit Blanc as like you really are a straight man he hasn't had a job well not even that but it's like oh you sweet summer child <laughs> he hasn't had a job in a while he said that to the among us group yeah and he's just been like sitting in misery in lockdown. And I was, I think I just read that as like, Oh, he's like not as successful as he was in knives out. And no, he's just bored. Then what I want, then, then like I was talking with Sarah about it and she's like, Oh no, they're, they're, they're like together. And I'm like, Oh, didn't even notice that. And then I saw that Ryan Johnson, like confirmed that. I'm like, nice. Okay, cool. Totally went over <laughs> my head, but yeah, like sweet <laughs> people that were shocked. That like he they would confirm that he's gay in this movie. I'm like, did we not all did we all forget about when he's like singing show tunes in the car and fucking <laughs> knives out? Yeah. And then if if you have really have any any final concerns of is he really gay, just watch the scene where Ethan Hawke sprays that shit down their throats and everybody <laughs> fucking gags except for him. And we're like, that man can take a dick. Respect. <laughs> so good everybody else just freaks out and also ethan hawk what the fuck love what it. a random cameo this movie is filled with cameos but he was filming moon night nearby because they filmed this over in greece so he just stopped <laughs> by for the day and just shot that scene and i love that he answers no questions because like fucking benoit blanc is like what is that open please You won't be needing that anymore. I won't. You're good. What is that? Is that some kind of disinfectant? You're good. Have a great trip, everyone. I love it. But, like, what is that shit? Knowing at the end that, you know, that Miles is really not that smart and he's a total dumbass, like, was that shit really? Are they okay? Or do they all have COVID probably now? I also loved Kate Hudson's character. Like, they all have the mask and Kate Hudson just has, like, this... The mesh. 
the mesh mask. You know that that was like literally styled after Lana Del Rey did a mask like that in fucking like during COVID, and they did the same one. The Sounds movie. about right. I know. I'm just like, but and then that's what's great is that like even just from the beginning scene on the dock when everyone shows up, you know who these characters are based on their masks. Mm. Like obviously Lionel, like the scientist guy, is like really tight mask really like like covered right and then Catherine Hahn shows up and her nose is out she's like yeah. all like you know crazy like stressed out just running around and then like of course Kate Hudson has like the fake mask that's not even a real mask and then Dave Bautista and his girlfriend Whiskey when they show up and they have no mask it's just <laughs> perfect sets the framework for for people that hate this guy to to get away and have a vacation also the the box in the opening scene so cool well it gave me real hellraiser vibes <laughs> yeah it did i seem. mean without the the torture porn aspect of it but i mean i just felt like a real moron when like later when benoit blanc's like oh with the children's puzzle games in it and i was just like what children's puzzles i would have never figured out how to open one thing in that box i'm totally like the birdie that's like tic-tac-toe it's tic-tac-toe that's it or like oh music i know this <laughs> she was so good or, like alexa shazam this song alexa shazam this song please Alexa, Shazam the song, please. This can't Shazam, it's a lamp. I love you, Birdie. I love you too, Claire. <laughs> this is a lamp. <laughs> Birdie was like the real MVP of the movie. I just love yeah. her so much. But but I, I did also notice um, a lot of people mentioned online too. So like, I guess, you know how Apple has this weird thing where like in movies, villains can't use an iPhone. Like they can't own an Apple phone. Like, Apple won't allow a villain to use an Apple product. So, like, people were, like, in the last movie, besides Anna DeArmas, Chris Evans had an Android and everyone else had iPhones. So, everyone was like, oh, he's the killer. I guess. I didn't know that. So, in this movie, like, everybody has a non-Apple phone. I feel like. So, I was like, that's pretty funny. Because I think that's such a stupid fucking rule. (laughs) Like, why is that a thing? whatever but anyways i just thought that, that was a funny moment that i i did not realize when i watched it but now re-watching it i'm like oh that's good way to go ryan johnson <laughs> i mean i'll talk about a real offensive injustice these professional wrestlers they are ruining our middle age sorry the male middle age okay dave batista is 53 years old and looks like that. John Cena is 45. The Rock is 50, okay? As someone who's in my 30s, I don't stand a chance. I mean like if any if 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 Sarah was ever to look at me and be like, "Oh man, Dave Batista in glass I'd be like, we're done. Like it's unattainable. I I I got nothing." And it's ups- it's upsetting to me. I don't know what to do with it. There's nothing I can do. I mean, hey, Jennifer Aniston is well into her 50s, and I have to look at that, too, and be like, really, this is where I'm at, and that's that's what... I, I can't ever attain that, even now. There's no way. And Dave Bautista, the one like indicator that he's old is that you can kind of see he has gray chest hair, but that's it. Other than that, I mean, like, I have friends that, like, I would see... I would totally see wearing the outfits that he wears in this movie, <laughs> but he fucking pulls it off. He looks so hot with the gun. 
Yeah. No, the gun is hilarious. <laughs> the fact that he wears this gun and it's perfect because he dies of a pineapple allergy. And my first question was like, where the fuck is his EpiPen? But I'm like, of course, this fucking moron wouldn't wear a mask because of COVID. Wouldn't fucking care about an EpiPen. But he has a gun on all on him at all times yeah. in case shit goes down. But it's like <laughs> the actual shit that goes down. He's not prepared for it. I loved it. It was perfect. It's great. Every little thing comes back around, man. It's wonderful. It really is. And the another parallel to to Knives Out was like in Knives Out, we see the evolution of people's corruption when like money is taken from them. So like we see uh, like Walt trying to intimidate Marta, all that stuff. Like we see what happens when money's taken from them. In Glass Onion, we see we kind of see a different view of like all these people are already corrupted Mm -hmm. and we get to see the fear of them losing everything you know and how they act and even more so that like benoit blanc is a huge part of like why i love these movies because he really supports and propels the female character that he's that's like the hero of the story to be the ultimate hero by the end and maybe not typically by like your regular standards like this movie because once he burns the napkin which like of course he fucking does right you're like fuck what is he gonna do and you're like Benoit Blanc like he says he's not Batman he can't do Mm. everything but what can he do is he can like literally like support her to go here's that shit give them a reminder of like this explosive fucking shit that (laughs) your sister was like uh no i'm out and she blows up the whole house it's amazing it's so good and i love his support of both of these characters and how he's just i think he has wonderful chemistry with janelle monet especially totally like i want them to be detective partners in the next few movies he's like you're so good at this (laughs) well and one thing that they did better in knives out than they did in glass onion is tell the audience that he is not a detective he's a private investigator and that's why like he doesn't he's not obligated to turn people in or like bring the lawn like he is a third party mm-hmm. it knives out they did a really good job of like of 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 putting that there in in glass onion they've never mentioned that like they well, i think because what... it's a sequel we already know that we know that and he does say i'm not batman there's a certain point where my jurisdiction ends and that's why another reason these two movies are great is because in the old murder mystery stories the detective spiel at the end was that that's the final word whatever he says goes who cares about evidence? They would mop up blood back in mm. the day because they didn't care about evidence. So it's like nowadays, like you have all these fuckers that like have money and wealth and shit behind them. Like, how do you get those? You have to kind of go out of the box means, right? Or out totally. of the box ways. And I think yeah. that's why I love that he still saves the day in his own, in almost a Batman way that you, he's like, I'm not Batman. And they do kind of say that, but. Well, it, it, it's the littlest thing, but like it, it's the littlest thing that explains his his actions at the end. Like if he was a cop, it would take a lot more to like justify him turning away from the law per se. I mean, you yeah, know? but that's the thing is it's that he's just a detective. Yeah. It is, but that's what's great is that it, it used to be the detective had all the power, right? Like whatever he says goes, right? Mm-hmm. But now it's like 
Well, technically, Edward Norton's character still has all the power. He has all the money, the lawyers, and all that shit. They make a big point of that in both movies, mm-hmm. that the money, they have all these resources on their side. But I like the, with Knives Out, it's a big point of like, you beat them not by playing the game their way, but by being a good person mm-hmm. and playing your own way. And that's what I love about it is that like same with this movie. Like, yes, she like technically destroyed his house at the end, but like she really just I'm sure that that was the inevitable end of him and just made it even perfect with the destruction of the Mona Lisa. So I think she did him a favor because whatever man mission they had going with that shit was going to explode for sure. So, I mean, he was basically going to come to an end pretty quickly. Your feel of the future just barbecued. The world's most famous painting, you dumbass. I was really worried at that final scene when she started breaking things. I was like, oh, no, this is where we the the ending goes off the rails. And it gets I was ru- into it. I was like, I want to destroy an entire house of rich people shit, too. That looks like so much fun. <laughs> it, it lined up perfectly with Edward Norton's like whole disruptor speech. Mm-hmm. Because everyone joins in. She broke the glass and then she started breaking bigger and bigger things. And everybody joins in at first and then she goes crazy. Then she starts lighting shit on fire and people are like, uh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Catherine Hahn, her line when she's like coming in real hot. She like <laughs> comes in with one of those things. She's like waving it. And she's like yeah. running. She's so good in that whole part. It's just that whole ending sequence is perfect. And then the destruction of the Mona Lisa at the like when she goes for like the fucking little mm. the of course he installed the fucking thing that would override it. Yeah. But like the way they ended it, like explaining like your thing that was gonna be the next thing destroyed the most famous painting in the world. I was like, oh nice. Okay. So that, good. Okay. I was I was real worried this was just gonna be a, a destruction ending and then it stops, but like it, it didn't. Like there was I a- was worried about that too, because I was like, it can't I mean it's almost like knives out where you think that like he wins at the end because he's like, Well, I guess you know, I you thought I killed Fran. Well, I guess I didn't because she's alive, blah blah. And then she pukes on him and says, No, I'm lying. She was dead, so you just confessed. So it's like I, I was expecting like a a twist where where the good mm-hmm. guys come out on top because I was like there's no way that this guy's gonna win because it was like fuck that sounds like a real life ending which like I get mm-hmm. it but like also I need an escapist ending yeah because I like if it's like the same thing I've mentioned before with Jordan Peele and Get Out like if he had ended that with him getting arrested by the police as realistic as that would have been that would have been such a fucking bummer <laughs> yeah I, it would have been really depressing. And this movie was so much fun that I was like, there has to be something. And then I love that it's like, it's just so perfect because it's also he's going to be forever remembered in the same breath as Mm. the Mona Lisa for destroying it. It's just it's perfection. And and they're totally different cases and totally different movies. But I, I believe he worked on Ryan Johnson, I think, worked on Knives Out for like 10 years. Oh, like some really long time. Could have been less than that, but I know he worked on it for a long time. So I was really like, is he going to be able to pull it off doing Knives Out 2 and 3 so quick after like spending so much time on the first one? And I was just over the moon at the fact that not only did he, I just feel like this one's just as good as the first one. A year in lockdown is 
at least five years in normal life. I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. I feel like that really did help a lot of people like with like rewriting and doing things and spending more time on shit. And the, I mean, to kind of wrap up the, the, the parallels between this and knives out, like the, the ultimate point of knives out was like, it was a story about doing the right thing versus doing the selfish thing, regardless of whatever the stakes are. You know, everyone had all these stakes of like their marriage or inheritance or or their family. And like Marta was the one who chose to do the right thing every time, even at her own cost. Mm-hmm. Glass Onion, the point of it is that some people use money to control other people. And we give the heads of some of these giant companies way too much credit. Like these companies mm-hmm. are driven by thousands of people. And maybe the celebrity CEOs are just taking more credit for, for someone else's idea, which is Edward Edward Norton. His whole thing is he steals yeah. this entire credit from, from, from Andy. He's social networker ass, just like fucking Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> I'm just saying this shit happens. <laughs> These guys are really like this. Maybe we idolize them a little too much kind of like the mona lisa and look how that turned out for both of them i will say i love the com- like the comparison of like when you're seeing them they're talking about the mona lisa and how you never know what she's really thinking and her smile changes in her face and something that seems so simple is actually so complex and they keep flashing back between her the painting and then janelle monet and it's like, cause she's the Mona Lisa. She's the one that seems simple at first. And then is super complex upon like when we find out that she's actually the twin sister and the whole fact that like when she starts the fight at the party and Dave Batista is like, you're the loser, blah, blah, blah. She gives a fucking Mona Lisa smile where it like is kind of coming up and it's just so good. I do want to say one last thing that the final act of this movie just is great because earlier in the movie when you find out that Janelle Monet is her twin sister who's playing her her real sister who died and she's like putting together like the list of all the suspects and the motive and the opportunity and all this stuff and she's like this is like clue our suspects motive opportunity hey this kind of looks like that clue uh, no yes, 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 yes you must yes. be really great at clue huh I'm very bad at dumb things the entire final act of the movie is like the plot of clue or it's basically the clue game and part of the movie because when he's explaining why it's dumb is he's like you just run room to room searching for clues and evidence and what did they do in the final act of this movie helen runs from room to room (laughs) searching everyone's shit and just until they find the envelope at the end and i was just like fuck that's awesome that's so cool because they're talking about and that's why he couldn't figure this out from the beginning because it's so dumb. It's so dumb. And that's why the best quote of the movie. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. It's brilliant. No, it's just dumb. (laughs) It's just dumb. Credit to Ryan Johnson. Cause the first one ended with Blanc knowing everything. You like him piecing everything together. And then this one ends with, Everything that he knows is incidental. Like none of this was intentional. None of this was complex. It was just one person being dumb. And that was the hard part for him. 
He said it himself. Yeah. He's terrible. He's bad at dumb things. And that's yeah. why he hates Clue. Terrible, terrible game. Terrible game. And that's what's great is that in both movies, too, like the plot of the like the actual answer to the like who did it is told very early on and knives out when she realizes that she switched the meds, even though she actually didn't. But she realizes that the names on the bottles are different. And he's like, this is actually a really like efficient method of murder. Like, I'm going to write this down. And he's like, like, so if somebody switched the meds on purpose and I'm like, that's like literally exactly what ends up happening. So it's just really funny that like they tell you that, but you just kind of like don't talk about it. And then in Glass Onion, uh, the same thing happens with Benoit talking with Helen slash Andy. And he's like, she's like, what if Miles just did it? And he's like. Miles Braun is not an idiot. He wouldn't do that. I mean, especially if there's other people who are willing to do it for him. <laughs> and then it's like, that's literally the ending. So I, I do, I have to just watch these closer the first time. <laughs> I get so swept up by everything amazing that's happening that I, I don't pay attention to the little clues. I try to, but he's so good at misdirecting you that if he's going to just stick to murder mysteries, I'm going to fucking love it. But like, I know Ryan Johnson could probably do anything and I'm, I'm here for it. We solved the murder mystery. We walked through it. We talked through it. We abbreviated this moment together. <laughs> Our infraction point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Glass Onion. What a fun watch. What a great way to start the year. I know. It was honestly like just such a delightful movie. And I mean, maybe it's dangerous to start off on such a high note because how are we ever going to top it? But I guess the pressure's on for next week very true <laughs> all right well speaking of next week we're talking about a movie that uh came to streaming i th think right at the same time as glass onion mm. and so we weren't able to to do an episode but it's been anticipated we're talking about a lot of people's favorite movie this year top gun maverick Yes, we are. <laughs> the Tom Cruise 30 year later comeback. Yep, because that's what he needed. <laughs> we don't have enough of that guy. Yeah, he's gotta he's gotta make time between his Mission Impossible movies, you know. It's like I can't tell if he's trying to prove he's immortal or just kill himself, but <laughs> it seems expensive way to kill yourself, just saying. Well, uh, it's probably safe to assume that a lot of a lot of people have seen this movie. It made a ton of money. So Through that. Uh, if you haven't seen it, though, it's on Paramount+. Plus. It's my first time seeing it. And, uh, you know, obviously we're going to talk about Top Gun, the original as well. So Obviously, which I haven't seen. <laughs> oh, it's, this is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go back and watch it. I'll watch it before the new one so that nothing goes over my fucking head. I'm assuming they're connected. <laughs> you're going to hear the song playing with the boys, and then it's you're never going to be able to get it out of your head. In like a bad way? I don't know. It depends on your perspective. Or is this like a sexual thing? No, it's, it's questionably sexual, but it's, it's a song. Got my attention. <laughs> well, in the meantime, everyone, have a great start to your year. And uh, do all the social media things. We're, we're in the places you know. 
Google us, I guess. Don't be a fucking idiot. Just Google <laughs> us like a normal human being. If you must. Yeah, if you must. But until then, regular exclusive out. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We out here.